Alex, we are back. Finally. New year, new us. Uh, we're still going to be yelling, but uh, that's fine. I'm going to try and not yell as much. I think, <laughs> I, I think I've mellowed out over the little break here, but I'm, I'm eager to get back to hockey and all that, Alex. But how was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? It's pretty good. How about you? Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Worked, got some money and all that, and got some clothes, some new shoes, all that kind of stuff. Perfect. Yeah. I've been sick, though, so. Yeah, so have I, but getting over it. Yeah, exactly, guy. But, Alex, anyway, it's a new year in the NHL. Uh, we're at the 2020s. Feels like forever. Uh, we're If you have to look at the schedule now, it's been about 41, 42, 33 games played for a lot of teams. So we're actually officially halfway through the season. A lot's going on. A quick little look at the power hour here. We're going to talk about a lot of injuries and suspensions, some winning streaks, the World Juniors, and Anthony Beauvillier being a hero to everyone in the world. For sure. Of course, Alex. You know how we start the show off, though. The power hour. It is the power hour. And Alex, I noticed that you've put Star Wars Episode Nine in the Power Hours intro. Now, I still have not seen it. but What? No, because we were supposed to go see it. Okay, listeners, let me give you some insight here. I asked Alex back in December, how about we go see Star Wars together? Alex and okay. Sean. All of a sudden, I'm on my way home from work, and I get a text from Alex saying, yo, Star Wars is so good. I'm like, I, I, I didn't hey. text this to you, but out loud, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I have no one to go with now. All my no. other friends you know. Oh, hey, 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 hey. I never said I wouldn't come see it again with you. <laughs> I ne- I never explicitly said, oh, I watched it once. I'm not going to go see it again. You just assumed. I mean, was it a purpose, purposeful hit to the head, Alex? Oh, my so, God. You want to so, talk about hits to the head? So are, is this, was this you hoping that I've seen and then we can talk about it? Yeah. So let, let's, I, I've seen some, okay, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie. So I have seen some spoilers that are really annoying. First of all, I saw that at the end of the movie, there's Leia and Luke's Force Ghost. Mm-hmm. And I also saw that apparently, Le- like, somehow Ray is a Palpatine, which, yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't want to know, like, the backstory. I'm I not going to tell you. Go, but I'm I, not going to spoil it. At first, I just, I hate both of those things. First of all, like, I'm a big Star Wars nerd, so I know a lot of the backstories. And that's oh, how really? Leia is a Force Ghost is beyond me. And also, I cannot stand oh, the they do? Yeah. I swear to God, if it's this BS that Luke has taught her, like, the same thing Qui-Gon did with, with Obi-Wan, I'm going to be really mad. And also, um, I cannot stand how I'm assuming, again, that, like, Anakin was born because Buddy, like, manipulated the Metachlorians. I swear to God, if it's the same thing with Rey, or that she's a clone from Kamino, I'm going to be really, really mad at this movie. I'm going to be really, really mad. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I told you. That's that's all I know. And apparently Finn, <clears> like, like uh, I, I know I saw a lot of stuff about John Boyega getting mad because he was supposed to be the male lead. And by based on that, I'm guessing he's still not have like, he doesn't have a, he, that he's continuing to take a back seat in this, this trilogy at its end, which I also don't like. But... <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'm still not going to spoil it for you. I appreciate it. You, you have that. to go watch it. You have to go watch it. So tell me this, because what I've seen is that it's a fun movie, but the writing and like the story, 
It's not a real, a well-written movie. It's not like a, a classic, but it's just no. A Star listen, Wars. listen. Nothing's gonna beat Episode four, five, and six. Nothing will ever beat that. Uh, episode four and five. Okay, like don't act like Episode six is good. No, no. I'm just listen. I'm just telling you, nothing will beat those three movies for me. No trilogy will, no Star Wars trilogy ever made will beat those three. I'm happy you're saying for you because episode three is my favorite of the. Uh, oh, I love episode three because it's the darkest episode. Yeah, and, and it's insane. But you chosen one. But you and it's very. I I found it very nostalgic because there were a lot of. Um, I thought there was a lot of things that kind of went back to the fir- the first uh, at least first six episodes. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool for me because that's the ones I watched first. And mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people who watched seven, eight, and nine first who probably don't understand those uh, points if they haven't watched the movies yet. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of the good part of the movie. I thought it was an interesting way to end the Skywalker saga. Yes. It's still not four, five, or six. Also, um, Skywalker Saga, terrible name. <laughs> what do you want them to name it? Because you're just... Uh, uh, the way I look at it is it's Ray, Poe, and uh, and Finn's trilogy. But no, you- no. I, no, when you watch this movie, you're going you're gonna to realize it's not. See, that's a red flag for me already. When you watch this movie, you realize... When you get to the end of the movie, you realize it's not. But it all makes sense. Ah, uh, you're scaring me, Alex. And no, I'm not someone who hates all these movies. Uh, Force Awakens is one of my favorite Star Wars movies with Rogue One and Solo and all that thing. I, I love Force Awakens. And Last Jedi has some good stuff in it, but overall, terrible movie. But like comparing it to like four and five is just not over, only is you got those awesome sci-fi Star Wars stuff. It also it's. The writing, like, they are near-perfect movies. Yeah, no, no, I'm not comparing it to 4 and 5, ever. But, but, but just to end off on Star Wars here, you're telling me that it's it's a fun movie, but it's not a masterpiece of cinema. No. Okay, then I, I honestly, Alex, I may not like this movie, but hopefully I will go see it soon, and me and you will uh, we'll talk about it more, because I want to do a Rise of Skywalker quiz. quiz. Perfect. Uh, oh, now let's get to hockey. Yeah. Um. So in about 13 minutes, the gold medal game between World Junior gold medal game between uh, Russia and Canada is going to be taking place. So uh, you might hear me and Alex react throughout all of that, Alex. But I guess do you want to start? I'll talk about the World Juniors. Do you want to talk about some injuries, Victor Olovsen? You know, where do you want to start here, Alex? Let's talk about the World Juniors first. All right. Well, how much um, attention have you been paying to the World Juniors this year? Okay, I'm not gonna lie. Like I've been watching it here or there, but most of my attention has been to the U.S., Sweden, and Finland. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why, because they all have Leaf prospects. Okay. I've never been one to watch the World Juniors. I don't know why. Like I'll 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 watch the. Of course, I'll watch the U.S.-Canada game because that's a huge game. It's just I never really never really got into it. Mm-hmm. But Rasmus Sandin, Nick Robertson, and Miko Kokkinen, great players. That's all I'm going to say. 
Um, I've been watching. I normally try and pay a lot of attention because I love a good tournament. There's nothing I love more than the tournament. And um, Montreal's always had some good amount of prospects over the past couple of years. So I think, like yesterday, I got up early to watch. Early, it was eight, it was eight a.m. to watch the Sweden Russia game. And then, of course, I I only watched the first period of Canada Finland because you only needed to watch four minutes of that game. Yeah. So we were like, oh, me and my family, were like, all right, let's go do our let's go do some grocery shopping because we all know how this is gonna go. But I think let me ask you this, Alex, then because in the Russia Sweden game, despite the Russians winning. Um, Rasmus Sandin had, I believe, four points named um, player of the game. I believe he was also one of uh, Sweden's top three players of the tournament. What did you see from Rasmus Sandin that got you excited? He, he's an NHL defenseman. That, like, he is now, he is, I mean, we said this at the beginning of uh, beginning of the year. He played, I think, six games with the Leafs and then was sent down. But I think he's an NHL defenseman and under Sheldon Keefe, I think he will thrive under this system. Mm-hmm. And they talked about it on headlines last night, and I was going to get into it uh, later, but I'll get into it now, that they want to – it's an option that they could bring him up and they they could look potentially be looking at bringing him up, mm-hmm. which would be – very interesting considering the injuries that are going on. Martin Marinson is playing with Justin Hall because Jake Muzzin is out. Um, could we potentially see Rasmus Sandin t- take some of those minutes? Uh, sure. But we'll have to see what Kyle do. But I, I, I've been more than impressed with uh, Rasmus Sandin. Uh, another guy I want to ask you about. Uh, you know, I, I had a real hot take when we were seeing the grandparents over uh, Christmas break. Uh, I sat down because we went the day Canada were playing the United States, and I said before that game, you know what? I don't think Canada has it this year. I think it's the Americans uh, because I was a mass. Of course, I'm a massive Cole Caulfield fan. Of course, he was going to play with Alex Terracott, who of course is his his teammate. In Wisconsin, of course, uh, Spencer Knight would be in the net and all this. You know, Arthur, Arthur Callia. Hello? Uh, hello? Alex. Hello? Adam? Alex, can you hear me? Yes, yeah, sorry, I cut out. Okay, what did you hear me say last? He's playing with Alex Turcotte. Of course, yeah, his, uh, his teammate in Wisconsin, NCAA, Arthur Callia, Spencer Knight, all this kind of stuff. And I said, I think the States are going to win this tournament. And then they lose in the quarterfinals. And also, they completely break down versus the Canadians. And from everything I saw, the Americans' coach was just not completely mishandling most of Turcotte and Caulfield. Uh, Cole Caulfield didn't do, do himself any favor favors, but I still thought that uh, the Americans were really disappointing this year. But I think one American player that I should ask you about who was not disappointing... Uh, was Nick Robinson. Oh, boy, was he good. The defenseman? The defenseman. <laughs> no. Uh, no, he... For that Lafreniere goal, so... He, he was pretty... He, he impressed me, too. Um, I think just because the team... And I think you can agree with me. The team as a whole was kind of disappointing... I think we expected a lot more from the U.S. And I, w- I thought as well 
that I didn't think it was Canada's year. I thought uh, Russia has had better goaltending, and I thought the U.S. had better goaltending uh, going into the tournament than uh, Canada. But it, it it just starting from game one against the U uh, against Canada, the U.S. kind of just after they took the lead, it just didn't seem like it was going well. Like Canada was just on them the entire game. But Nick Rob I thought Nick Robertson was one of their players who stood out the most. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's just killing it in Peterborough with um of course with his uh, fellow Leafs prospect teammate Simeon Dargachinsev. So, uh good good for him to have a great showcase of the World Juniors. Leafs fans are going to love to see that. Um a little disappointed in the Americans though, but of course, Alex the gold medal game Russia headed by Montreal Canadiens prospects Alex Romanov, will go head-to-head with Team Canada. Alexis Lafreniere is there, Alex. Ty Smith. Listen, it's it's a tough one to to predict just because you look at what happened in the first game against Russia and Canada where Russia completely just ran them over. Everything that could have gone wrong, the Joe Valeno headbutt, you know, uh, the the whole incident with Barrett Hayden forgetting to take off his helmet, the, probably the worst loss they've ever had in the tournament's history in the open round. Yeah, everything just went wrong in that game, and they're going to have to step it up. They really are going to have to step it up, and we're going to have to see big performances, obviously, from Alexis Lafreniere. Uh Hopefully, Barrett Hayden does play. I know he's a game-time decision, and he was skating uh, during the warm-up and in Quinton Byfield, and their defense is going to have to pick it up. So we'll see. We'll see what happens because they do have a good team, right? I, I, I don't think that is – we're not arguing that. Now, Bowen Byram is back in the lineup, and oh, – He's good. He's good. The the Ottawa Senators wish they had Bowen Byram. <laughs> oh man! And you know what the thing about Bowen Byram is? I don't know if you saw that feature on him. Com- com- such a funny guy. Great guy you want to have around when your team keeps getting exposed for you know gambling debts and uh, Uber videos. He's the kind of guy you want around. Is Bowen Byram? Yeah, it's. It'll be interesting to see. It depends. I think this game solely goes on what happens with the goaltenders, mm-hmm. especially for the Canadians. I've never heard of either of their goalies, Yoel Hoffer and yeah, Nico Dawes. Uh, but what's what's going to be the score, Alex? Oh God! I don't, don't do this to me. I have no idea. I, I don't even want to take a guess. But I, I have to go with the. Canadians. All right. Uh, I am going to go against my home country, the country I, I have grown up in. I'm going to go with the Russians led by Habs prospect Alexander Romanov. It's going to be a 4-1 game. The Russian machines. Let's go. 4-1. 4-1. It will be 3-1, 4-1 empty netter, and... Um, the Terry Potkolzin will be getting the empty netter, who uh, who was also fantastic. Of course, Vancouver Canucks picked him tenth overall. Uh, what a pick for Jim Betting. Oh, for sure. And also, Alex, um, let's talk about the stupidness that in the semifinals, oh. ten minutes of three on three, and then a shootout. 
I remember hearing Ray Ferraro go, because of course the, the Russia-Sweden uh, game went to OT saying, well, they're doing this to stay away from the shootout. How about don't have the shootout? Just do continuous OT. Yeah, they really should do continuous OT. It's like that in the quarters and the semis. But the double IHF is there's also been questionable refereeing, but of course uh, we have a lot to get to, so we're gonna just move on here. But hey, um, of course I'm sure me and you, Alex, are gonna be reacting throughout the day, um, yeah. throughout the the episode. Sorry about this game, but let's go to some injuries. Uh, first off, Victor Olovson, who has probably been the secondary scoring that the Sabers have needed forever uh, so far this year. 16 goals, 19 assists. That's 35 points in 42 games played. On pace for 30 goals is going to be out five to six weeks. How much of a blow is this to the Edmonton? Uh, sorry, to the Buffalo Sabers. I'm thinking of two historically crap teams. No, it's a huge blow. That's uh, one of their. I mean, obviously, Jack Eichel is their primary scoring, but I think that's a huge blow of their secondary scoring. And we'll have to see what happens. If I mean, Jack Eichel is going to have to. I mean, the thing is, he's already stepping it up, right? And I and I don't want to sit here and say, oh, he needs to step it up again, or even more, because you're already getting. Everyone's talking about him being a heart uh, contender. But that's a huge blow. I'm pretty sure Olofsson leads uh, all rookies, and I know he's 24, but he leads all rookies in goals and in points. So that is a huge blow to the team. Would he be ahead of Kale McCarr for points? That's what I heard. Hold on a minute. Um, Yeah, it's it's brutal. Uh, Kale McCarr, 32 points. 32 and sorry, uh, Jacob, uh, Victor Olofsson, Victor Olofsson, 32. It's, it's, it was weird because Olofsson had a really, really hot start to the season. And it seemed like he slowed down and then picking up right in. Yeah, he's three more points than, um, than Kale McCarr. Of course, McCarr was injured, but still. Um, Alex, you mentioned Jack Eichel there. Uh, do you want to know what my hot take to start the new decade is? Is it he's going to win the heart? Uh, it's the Sabres will miss the playoffs and he will not even be a finalist because the league is done. If they, okay, and I and I get that, but if the Edmonton Oilers miss the playoffs and the Buffalo Sabres miss the playoffs, who's more likely to, who's more likely to get the heart? Jack Eichel McDavid. or Connor McDavid? McDavid. Yeah, I, I want Eichel to do I think he deserves it, but we all know how the NHL works, right? Well, I mean, it's going to be neither of them because neither of them are going to make the playoffs. Uh, that's true. It'll probably be uh, Nathan McKinnon. We're going to get to scoring leaders in a bit, but McKinnon, uh, oh boy, is he good. But to move on to some more injuries, there's been a few teams that have just been continuously decked by injuries. Of course, nothing new. If you had to talk about the identity of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Alex, give me two or three words. What is the identity of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, scoring and injuries. All right, so it's funny you say that because um, I was going to compare it. I was going to ask you about some few other teams here, but you, you already mentioned it. The Pittsburgh Penguins missing half their key players has been a staple of their team for the past few years. Right now, Sidney Crosby is still out with uh, recovering from his sports hernia injury on the IR. So is Jake Gensel. That guy is on my buddy's fantasy team. Jake Gensel was having a career year so far. Over a point per game, he's out for the rest of the season after having a, a nasty spill in Pittsburgh's game the other day. Really hard to watch. He's on IR. Justin Schultz, Brian Dumoulin, Nick Bukestad. They can't trade Oxyol China because they just they 
all their players are hurt. That's a, a pairing, like a, a, both defensemen, a lefty, a righty, and then two centers in the winger. And, of course, one of those wingers is arguably the best player in the world, Sidney Crosby. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand this team. Like I don't understand their medical staff. <laughs> yeah, that that too. But it's it's incredible what having two star players can do. Oh yeah, it, it is incredible. Superstars, super superstars. superstars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, just it, to, it's uh, and you look at their defense too. Like you look at their defense. And I don't even know how, like, you got, okay, you have Latang and Johnson and Pedersen. Then you have uh, John Marino, Yuso Ricola, Kevin Zuzman, and Chad Ru- Ruettel. Do you know any of those guys? I know John Marino because they pointed out last night because Pittsburgh playing Montreal how good a season he's having. He's an example of a bum you've never heard of who has just randomly shown up. Yeah, but even their forwards, they're 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 all contribute. I I have to guess they're all contributing here. Like where Who they is sit. Thomas DePauli. They sit in a play. They're in a playoff spot, and they're down Sidney Crosby. They were also down Malkin. It it's incredible how this team bounces back, and I think. It really shows how good Jim Rutherford is at his job. <laughs> also, uh, do you know who was playing with Chris Letang last night? Who? Jack Johnson. God. Oh, God. Uh, moving on to another team that has a bunch of injuries. Uh, over the break, we found out that the Chicago Blackhawks, oh boy, do they have some problems here. Uh, Drake Kajula on LTIR. Andrew Shaw, who is, of course, has concussion issues, so that's a guy you don't want uh, missing some time. Also, LTIR, Calvin DeHaan, LTIR, Brent Seabrook, 34 years old, five years left on that deal with $6.8 million. LTIR, Brandon Sod is on the IR, Alex. And just for a yeah. sorry, I, the exact tweet from them, Sod, right ankle, three weeks. DeHaan, right shoulder, and Seabrook, right shoulder. To both undergo surgery, miss remainder of the year. Seabrook also to undergo surgery on each hip in 2020. Ask Jesse Pugliarvi like that. He's more than a decade younger. And then, of course, to Han Seabrook, LTIR. I mean, the Blackhawks weren't going to make the playoffs before, but now it's 10 times worse. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were really questioning the Brent Seabrook injury uh, because, you know, he obviously wasn't playing well. He was being scratched, um, and a lot of people were, were thinking that they were just trying to kind of get around his cap hit, mm-hmm. but he actually is injured. It he also, really is Seabrook's, injured. Seabrook's not the kind of guy. Remember that quote that came out earlier that he was really upset about him potentially being traded? Like, Seabrook's not the kind of guy. Yeah, to- he's not going to go along with that. Mm-hmm. But... but Listen, it, it this not the injuries, but this rebuild or retool, whatever you want to call it, was going to come eventually with this team. Now, sure, you got Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tate, who are both uh, 31 years old, um, 
and you got guys who are still younger who are coming up. Like you, I'm looking at their roster. Quite a few of their players are under 25. Mm-hmm. You got Kirby Doc, Nylander, Dylan Strom, Alex DeBrincat. It's it's their defense. I think a lot of people worry about. Uh, also, uh, DeBrincat not been the same this year. No. He has not been the same this year. I'm not sure what his stats are. I'm going to pull them up right now. But you look at their defense. You got Duncan Keith, who's 36. Uh, Oli Mata, Connor Murphy, uh, S- Slater Kukuk. And then uh, you obviously got Adam Barquist and Eric Gustafson. And those last two are kind of your promising. Got, not promising. Eric Gustafson's 27. And... It seems like he's good. He's going to be a UFA at the end of the year and he's probably going to get paid somehow. I don't see him staying there. Neither do I. And I think if they're committed to just kind of going down, you could probably see Eric Gustafson move. And he makes $1.2 million against the cap. 60 points last year, left-handed, Swedish. It seems like a guy a lot of teams would want. Oh, of course. Uh, I, I, before, I would say Montreal go look at him before, of course, they uh, went and got Marco Scandella, which we will talk about a little later. But another team that I, I'm amazed. I don't know how many times I saw this, like, this team's Twitter account tweet out an injury before finally wanting to bring it up here. But um, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Let me read you some names here. All of these guys are on the IR. Cam Atkinson, Brandon Dubinsky, Ryan Murray, Marcus Nulavara, Oliver Borkstrand, Josh Anderson, Andrew Peak, Alexander Texier, Dean Kukin, and Jonas Corposalo are all out for the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are actually almost in a wild card spot. Yeah, they have a lot of injuries. And it just really couldn't get worse for this team. They have four players on emergency loan. <laughs> oh my god. I've never seen that before. Neither have I. It they are depleted and they could really use some players right now. Mm-hmm. And I think and I remember uh going into the season <clears throat> we said we didn't even think of them as close not necessarily close to the playoffs. We didn't think there was really much of a chance of them getting in because they lost Bobrovsky, they lost Panarin, uh, Duchesne didn't come back, the Zingle didn't come back, and they ended up who they end up bringing in and, and Gustav Nyquist. Hey, don't underestimate Gustav Nyquist. Oh, I'm not underestimating Gustav Nyquist. I'm listing all the players that they lost, and <laughs> I don't. It doesn't seem like they were able to ret- even really replace those guys even one of them not at all now i think the biggest loss for them obviously was bobrovsky and i don't let me pull up corpusalo's numbers right now they're probably better than bobrovsky's i'll get up up sergey's get bobrovsky's up he's played 32 games has a 2.49 goals against average and a 913 save percentage Sergey Bobrovsky is 15-12-4. He has a it doesn't have his goals against average on hockey. Oh, sorry, his goals against average is 3.33 and his save percentage is an 8.95. Oh boy. 
and he has seven years and ten million left. So Alex, I don't actually think Sabrowski's oh, loss. Oh yeah, no. Now that you say it, let's be honest. I don't know. We all thought Corpusalo was supposed to be something. He kind of came to the NHL. uh, 15, 16, he he had a good year. Then it kind of just was dropping off. Right? And I think there are people who probably expected Corpusalo to put numbers like this up. Because that's when they drafted him, that's kind of what the expectation was. He was supposed to be kind of Bobrovsky's replacement. Or at least back him up so they can have a good 1A and 1B like a lot of like some teams are doing right now. Mm-hmm. And I think this is kind of the best thing that could could have happened for them considering the last three years of Corpusalo. Of course. And uh For sure. <laughs> I generally wish the Blues. As for the, the rest of, of the team, that is it's really bad. It could not be it could not get worse. You say that, but Well, it doesn't help when your coach gets fined twenty thousand dollars. Man, that's a whole separate issue. Yeah. I love to That's a whole that. separate issue. I, I don't even know what to say. About it, to be honest. We'll we'll get to torts in a bit. Uh, I got. I wish. I wish he was in a big market again. Uh, But Corey Perry, Alex, got has been suspended for five games. He will miss his return game to Anaheim. This is a result of him elbowing Ryan Ellis at the uh, Winter Classic that we all forgot was happening. Only a few minutes into the game, Perry gets thrown and has to do the longest walk of shame in the world. Got memed the hell out of with all the music, like the World Juniors Penley one, the like clown music, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, I actually think it's a, well, they, a, a perfect they had the, play. Did you see, I don't know, I sorry, I, did you see the Green Day one? No. <laughs> you have to see it, it's so funny. It's so funny where they put Green Day music on top of it. Mm. I don't know this song off the top of my head, but listen, this Corey, the best part of this entire thing was was when the coach came out and said, Corey Perry wouldn't try to hurt anyone. Do we all know who Corey Perry is? I guess we we won the game for Corey. We won that game for Corey Perry. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Ridiculous. the Russians! The Russians just dove. Russia about to go to the power play. Uh, you know, took. There's some really good acting by the Russians there. But anyway, uh, oh, yeah. Jarek McGuire is like tripping. Sure, whatever. What do you? I know I'm rooting for Russia, but like I don't think I am. Uh, but anyway, uh, Corey Perry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's five games. I thought he, of course, he's a repeat offender. Corey Perry's known for being a bit of a dick, but uh, five games I think is fair. Uh, good, good from player safety for once. Oh, I know. I did. It's the first, uh, first. I think. When was the last time we praised the the uh, Department of Player Safety? I think the Joel Farabee stuff, and I think that's been it. Probably never. No, I don't think you've ever given them credit. No, I've never given them credit. They don't deserve it. <laughs> you, I'm, I don't. I don't even want to get into it. Just a quick note on suspensions. Joe Valeno got that one gamer for the headbutt in Russia. Do you think he deserved one game for that? Just quickly. I didn't really see the headbutt, to be honest. It was like a tap. 
It wasn't. Do you think he deserved not, it? Um, I, see, it's because I know another player got. I know another player got a game for a headbutt, and I don't remember who it was. It was a rush. Uh, it was in a different game. It was in a different game. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I it's it's just a bit of a dick move. I mean. In the same breath, Mar- I know it's two completely different leagues. Marshan doesn't get a suspension for licking someone, and it wasn't it wasn't like a Zidane headbutt, right? He was like, it was just like he kind of like just put his head down to tap him, like where he still shouldn't do it. Um, I don't know, uh, probably no, not a suspension, but uh, the IHF is really weird when it comes to stuff. They're they're very heavy on it. A lot of people are giving them crap, but I'd rather you be heavy on any sort of contact in the head than rather. Um, under punishment. Yeah, that one was a little bit, I guess, silly. But I very much respect their decision on any t- any um, hit that is to the head is uh, five minutes and a game. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that at all. I really don't mind that at all. Because again, it's science. Head hits are Sci- bad. Science. It's science, Alex. <laughs> you know, again, it's not just me complaining. It's science. Whenever this podcast gets to a level when we have a good audience, we have like we need like it's 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 science t-shirts. <laughs> oh, but, for sure. Uh, anyway, talk about science and you know headbutts and all that type of stuff. We talked about Andrew Shaw earlier. What do you think is the most famous goal in Andrew Shaw's career? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, the funny thing is it doesn't count. It was in the playoffs a few years ago when he headbutted. I believe it was against the Ducks. Didn't end up counting them. Blackhawks go on to score and win the game anyway. But uh, Colin White headed a goal in last night. Did not count. But Alex, it should. Do you think so? It's fun. It creates chaos. Some people just watch that line from the Dark Knight. Some people just want to watch the whale burn. That was a terrible impression, but... That's okay. I think um, yeah, it, it would have been funny to see it count. But I know it is in the rule book, like officially. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So that's why it didn't count. But it would have been funny because they would have tied the game. Of course. Uh, with, the, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, which would have made me really happy. But Well, you probably do have, Alex. The Tampa Bay Lightning, to start... 2020, uh, they won back-to-back games versus the Montreal Canadiens. Four points in that. They've won six straight. Uh, they're now in, 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 in a divisional spot. I don't think they're ever going to lose it again, but the Tampa Bay Lightning are back to normal. Yeah, this is... We've, I feel like people have been saying this uh, for a while, and we and there's just all these people saying, no, man, they, they're awful. They're awful. Things had to have turned around. Can I make a confession to you, Think- Alex? Yes, you can. I kept saying they're going to turn it around, hoping I would jinx them, and they wouldn't turn it around. But <laughs> no, they yeah. still turned it <laughs> yeah. around. Yeah, <laughs> you wanted to jinx them. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but listen, at the end of the day, they have very good players. Mm-hmm. Very good players. And I find it hard to believe that this team wouldn't have turned it around. Uh, they have Nikita Kucherov, forty-three points. Victor Hedman, thirty-nine points. Stamkos, thirty-seven points. Those three players are point per game or above. Great. So, so you tell me. Like, there, it's not 
like okay, Braden Point ne- not is not necessarily having the same. Or we haven't been hearing much about Braden Point as we did last year. But I, I bet he's going to turn it. He's going to pick it up very fast, very quickly. Vasilevsky, fine. Started the season slow-ish. We'll pick it up. I find it hard to believe that this team is was not going to pick it up. Exactly. Curtis McElhaney is 5-4-2. and two. He's going to pick it up, you know? Because uh, by, sorry, by the I way, have to hear about it. Yeah, Tampa are obviously going to turn it around. Vasilevsky is just too good. Steven Stamkos is still 40-goal scorer guy. Braden Point is still one of the best two-way players in the league. Uh, just a quick thing, Barrett Hayden is playing tonight. Oh, sorry, he's playing right now. But uh, Tampa Bay are... Um, they've, it's been talked about that maybe this was the adversity they lacked. And honestly, if they go in... If, if Tampa win the Cup this year, I won't be surprised. I really won't. No, neither will I. I think to get through us and... and and I'll call it a slump. I think the first how many games were really a slump for them. Like they weren't in a weren't in a playoff spot or they were in a wild card spot. Considering the team they have, that's a slump. Mm-hmm. Um, weren't in a playoff spot for yeah. nearly half the season. That's uh, I'd consider that a slump. And is it is it the slump that will change their attitude? I'm not sure, but I think. This stretch of games shows otherwise. Shows that, yeah, man. I think, I think they'll learn from it. I don't think if they if they the playoffs started today, I don't think that they'd get knocked out in four games again. No, uh, I don't think they're the same team that they were last year. Not um, not skill wise, but mentally. And a lot of people say this, that losing, winning the president's trophy and getting swept changes something. And well, Steve, what the dangle, that no name over in Sportsnet always says that you can't go through what they went through and not and, and, and not be the same afterwards. Like, how do you look at everyone in the room the same way afterwards? Oh, for sure. But at that point, it's a matter of, the players themselves and the coaches pushing them to get past that point. And that's the most important thing for this team. And I think the fact that they started the seasons uh, much poorer than most people expected them to was an extra push for them to say, hey, we're not that same team from last year that lost in four games. We're we're ready. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, um, the Vancouver Canucks have won seven straight. Um, but more importantly, the Colorado Avalanche are, f- are uh, fans of the show. <laughs> yeah, because they liked one post. They liked the post <laughs> about the All-Star game and all that. I just wanted to mention the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, also, Anthony Beauvillier. Oh, you just get pass over the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. I don't I don't care about the Canucks. I don't. Oh, okay. Go leave comments if you want, people. I don't care about the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> You're like, you don't cry in the streets after you lose, you babies. But that was the fans. That wasn't the team. I know. But still. Okay, fine. 
have some class. Oh, come on. You can't say that. And I know you guys, neither of our teams ride in the streets, but I mean, we say some, we say some <laughs> very poor things on social media. Maurice Richard I, I don't want to get in. play Huffs, and then there was a riot that caused hundreds of thousands of dollars in Montreal. Like, I can't right. talk. Right. Oh, come on. We, listen, we don't riot on the streets, but we do some other things that aren't quite nice. Yeah, we don't give Carey Price a bunch of crap just because he doesn't want to talk to the media. After a very questionable end to a game. But anyway, um, we'll talk about that a little later, probably. Uh, but yeah, Anthony Beauvillier, uh, just randomly. Do you remember when, like, there was a whole thing about, I'm not a big celebrity, like, tabloids person. But it was after, like, Bieber and Selena Gomez broke up and Taylor Hall was just on Twitter saying, sup, Selena. <laughs> yeah. And then, I guess, I don't know what's up with Anna Kendrick, you know. If there, there's no one Neither who's as perfect as, as Anna Kendrick. But Anthony Beauvillier just kind of asks her and is like, hi, Anna Kendrick. And everyone just starts putting stuff like, thanks for saving me from a burning building while feeding orphans and teaching me eight different languages. And everyone just ends up hyping up Anthony Beauvillier. And Anna Kendrick replies saying, these replies have been my entertainment for the last two days. Thank you all for regaling me with the true tales of this man's heroism. <laughs> I did check after she tweeted this. She did not end up following Anthony Beauvillier. So she's not – he shot He, he shot his shot. But uh, doesn't you win some, you, lo- you win some, you lose some. Good for him for trying, though. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but anyway, Alex, let me ask you this. What is your read of the bye week? Okay. I got it. Okay. Did you just look it up now? I forgot the title. Well, quickly, while Alex is doing that, I'm going to talk about my read of the week from another Alex. After 10 years as Capitals captain, Alex Ovechkin has some choice words for his doubters. This is from the athletic Tariq El Bashir. And I believe in this article, Alex Ovechkin basically says, suck it, we did it. (laughs) Because I love Alex Ovechkin. So I I got it. Uh, it's from Dom Lashijan. Dom. Dom. So it's projecting the Athletic Cup. Who wins our imaginary best-on-best best international tournament? I almost picked that one. I love it. Uh, I love seeing how good the teams would be if they went to the Olympics. Yeah, I know, right? Imagine. Wait, you want <laughs> you want to hear Canada's fourth line? Sure. John Tavares, Braden Point, Mitch Marner. <laughs> okay. Could you imagine the like a down the middle punch of like Tavares, Marner, a certain of um like McDavid, Crosby, Tavares, and who cares? And McKinnon. Let go! I forgot about Nate. Where would you put? Oh my God! There's so many players. I don't even well, know. Well, for it's Marshan, Bergeron, Crosby. Otherwise, I'd put Bergeron down the middle. Then I don't know where you'd put McKinnon. It doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't. Brendan Gallagher. Why not? How about Arturi Lekkinen for Finland? Do you know that Arturi Lekkinen has more even strength points than Alex Ovechkin? I didn't know that. 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah, either two goal game. I love Arteria liking it. But anyway, Alex, I want to talk to you who might be the most vocal coach in the history of the NHL. Is it John Tortorella? So it is. <laughs> so, of course, during when I've been at work for the last four weeks, I haven't seen – it's been hard to keep up with hockey, but you're damn right. I noticed this. Columbus Blue Jackets' John Tortorella opening comments after today's practice. So, not a, oh, well, that's the wrong one. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to get his, his comments here about after a bit of a shenanigans in the shootout. And oh, overtime against the, yeah, okay, you you get it. Sorry, I thought I had it up, but uh, I've, I've, great start to the year for me, Alex. Yeah, why don't you tell us what, what Alex? Uh, sorry, what what uh, John Trello has been up to? Well, this is the last part of it because he doesn't swear. Refs don't do their freaking job, and now we lose a game, uh, and we lose our goalie. So the chain of events: if it was done right, we don't lose our we don't lose our goalie. We win the hockey game. So they were playing the their rivals in the Chicago Blackhawks in Columbus. What happens is Chicago iced the puck, and the whistle is blown, but time keeps going for another few seconds, and they don't fix it. Now, Zacharetsky then scores for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but I believe it was 0.3 seconds after the whistle had gone. So if they had done it properly, then... Columbus actually win the game and it doesn't go to a shootout. We're like, all right, well, where's the, you know, that's terrible. But where it gets really bad is, so they go to the shootout and in the shootout, Jonas Corposalo gets hurt when Jonathan Taves is going in for a shootout attempt, leaves the game, is out for a few weeks. We already talked about Columbus's injuries. Then Elvis Merce Lincolns has to go in and the first player he has to go against is Patrick Kane. Oh who God! It's in for look up Patrick Kane goal versus the Minnesota Wild, and you will know why. Like the guy has the best hands in the league, and uh, poor. And, and as a result, of course, you can't throw a goal he wasn't played on like, into a shootout. Like this is ridiculous. And Columbus lose the game; they lose their goalie, John Torrella. Like go find the audio, people. Ends up getting fined twenty thousand dollars, and it's already a guarantee if he does another break. Um outbreak in the next i think it's a year he gets fined twenty five thousand dollars so not only was this so bad that he gets a 20k fine they have already assured him he will pay another quarter of a hundred thousand dollars if he does this again and he's completely in the right by the way they completely screwed him listen uh, uh, there's uh, there's always these two sides to the story things it's uh, a literal nightmare and this is at this point, it's not the Department of Player Safety, so I'm not going to yell at them. I I don't know, you know, call it call it about player safety. <laughs> Colin Campbell, uh, director of hockey operations, I don't know hmm. if you saw, came out and commented. Wasn't he uh, the same person who tried to guilt John Scott into not going to the All Star game? I don't. I really don't remember. He, he was. He was the one who said, what would your kids think? But yeah, sorry, go on. Piece of crap, Colin Campbell. It, it, yeah. it, it seems like it's very messy because it's all oh, the officials didn't do their job. Uh, then, to, well, Torrella saying the officials didn't do their job and then Toronto didn't do their job. And then uh, Colin Campbell's like, the officials 
if the officials didn't do their job, then Toronto would have fixed it. But Toronto didn't think they did anything wrong. Like what? Like it's like no it one seems like no, no one, one was willing it. to admit. That you know what? Mistake? You know, yeah. You know what I find very funny about this is that I feel like the NBA is so ahead of of stuff like this that they don't even have to do stuff like this. I'm not sure if you if you know they have so the NBA has this thing called the last two minute report where in the last two minutes of the game, which generally are the longest two minutes ever, they go back and look at calls and tell kind of tell you where they if or and where they messed up mm-hmm. so that they don't that uh, number one, they admit where they went wrong. Number two, they'll clear up a call. Why why don't we do that in this league? How about you just admit when you're I feel like this league is so protective and so behind that they can't admit when they make a mistake because if they admit they make a mistake, it's the end of the world. At the end of the day, it's not. You're everyone I think for me, I know that this the refs are going to make a mistake. I know that the league is going to make a mistake. The thing is, when they make a mistake, they don't admit they make a mistake. And that pisses me off even more. If the if the Department of Player Safety handed out a bad suspension, but then handed out a proper suspension for a similar play, do you think I'd be yelling about this? No. No, because... Okay, we made a we made a wrong decision the first time, but we're gonna fix it the next time. But it seems like the league doesn't want to do that. Well, it's, Alex, I, we're, it's the most stubborn league in the world. Well, to close off this little bit here, you know what Hannah Montana once said: "Once everybody makes mistakes, everybody has those days." Um, uh, Alex, oh you know what I, I can't love? believe you just said that. <laughs> All-Stars, of course. Uh, I love this stuff, Alex, because you always know uh, people are going to complain, especially when you have the stupid thing of every team needs to be represented, and you see it already with the Pacific Division. Logan Couture for San Jose, Leon Dreisaitl and Conor McDavid for Edmonton. The Kings have Anzi Kopitar, Vancouver, Lives Pedersen, Anaheim, Jacob Silverberg, Kachuk and Giordano for Calgary, Vancouver, Jacob Markstrom replaces Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, Darcy Kemper will go for the Arizona Coyotes. Of course, um, the captain um, elected was Connor McDavid. For the Central Division, Nathan McKinnon, the captain for Colorado. Patrick Kane, Chicago. Ryan O'Reilly, Alex Petrangelo, Jordan Bennington for St. Louis. Altogether, it's in St. Louis, of course. Shifley for Winnipeg. Sagan for Dallas. Eric Stahl for Minnesota. Roman Yossi for Nashville. Connor Hellebuck for Winnipeg as well. Metropolitan Division, Alex Ovechkin. Was, of course, named captain. He's not going. So instead, we now have Matt Barzell. Jake Gensel, of course, will be gone. They say I'll announce a replacement for him, I guess. Cal Palmieri, uh, Temi Panarin, Travis Connecting, John Carlson, Dougie Hamilton, Seth Jones, Braden Holpe, Jonas Corposalo, who will probably be replaced as well. In the Atlantic Division, Tyler Bertuzzi for Detroit. Anthony Duclair for Ottawa, very well-deserved in my opinion. Jack Eichel for Buffalo. Jonathan Hubert over Florida. Austin Matthews for Toronto. David Pasternak will be the captain, of course, from Boston. Victor Hedman. Frederick Anderson for Toronto. Tuka Rass for Boston. And, of course, his seventh All-Star appearance, 
who will win hardest shot, you heard it here first, Montreal Canadiens captain, Shea Weber. What do you make of those guys, Alex? Can I be honest with you? Uh, yeah, Shea Weber's awesome. No, I, I really don't care about the All-Star game anymore. Neither do I. And I, and and I think I have a reasoning behind it. Okay, so the winter, the outdoor games. Let's talk about the outdoor games, just quickly. Who are the outdoor games for? Uh, I think it's for the. I think it's. I think it's for the kids. No, the outdoor games are for the people who actually go watch the outdoor games. Uh, what's the di- what's the difference between watching an indoor game and watching an outdoor game on TV? It's more about the atmosphere when you go to a game. I would assume it's it's more about the event. Right. If you're not going to the game, it's just per- this is personally. I uh, other people have other opinions, but for me, it's just kind of like watching a similar game. It's just a little more messy. Yeah. Now, who is the All-Star game for? That is for the children. That is for the kids. I love, you know what's really funny too? I loved the All-Star game when I was younger. Exactly, yeah. So did I because the the skill, whatever, the child, the night, the Saturday night. Skills competition. Was, the skills competition was was pretty fun to watch. Uh, the game itself was high scoring. Which I guess as a kid it was pretty cool to watch. Um, even the draft, what the draft like when they did it live was quite funny. Uh, as a kid, like the whole weekend was very fun as a kid, but now it's just kind of boring. Do you know when I stopped caring about the All Star Game? When when they got rid of the shootout competition. Yes. Because yeah. that was that was so fun. Like Johnny Goudreau pretending to be a kid, Ovechkin with the sunglasses in Montreal and all that. I think the best shootout uh, I watched, and I don't remember what year this was. I'm pretty sure it was they had Carey Price mic'd up. Oh and yeah, she turned around <laughs> and faced the wall as the and used the glass as to see who was coming in. And he still made the same. And he still made the same. That save by far. That was the best one I ever saw. I remember when they asked him, "Can we mic you up in a few weeks when you go to Toronto?" Y'all know my coach is gonna like that, guys. Yeah. I love Carrie. I think was that the same year that um. God, I, I feel so bad. I remember his name. Who's the guy in Anaheim that was in Vancouver and he, he's always hurt now? Ryan, Ryan Kessler. Ryan oh, Miller or Ryan Kessler? It's Kessler, and they brought his kid. Oh, yeah, because they pulled for Vancouver. Um, yeah. they, they brought his kid, and uh, Carrie let him score on him. Yes. Remember I the... don't know if that's the same year, but I remember that. Yeah, and he had the flying V thing, and Ryan Johansson taking off his jersey for, like, the local football team and all that. And So that, that stuff was so fun. Like, I think the only thing I watch the skills competition for now is Hardest Shot. Yeah, I don't really watch it that much. Like, mm. ever. But something I really want to talk about here is, uh, and I mentioned the whole thing of every team must be represented. This is a tweet from Mr. Nolan Cattell, at Nolan Cattell. Uh, players going, Tyler Bertuzzi, 
Kyle Palmieri, Jacob Silverberg, and Mark Giordano. Players not going. Brad Marchand, who I believe is top 10 in scoring. Andrei Svechnikov, who is having such a fantastic year. Kale McCarr and Quentin Hughes. What do you want me to do? And this is such a joke as well to add to the comedy of the All-Star game. They asked Dylan Larkin, and he said, please don't vote. I like the days off more than going to the game itself. So Brad Marchand is fifth in scoring and third in assists. And he's not going. And he's not going. It's just... uh, It's All-Stars, not... Hello there. Like, no one on Detroit needs to go. Why is Jacob Silverberg going? Honestly, I don't know. But again, it's for the kids. Get great. It's really not for us. You just destroy the integrity of the All Star game. It but most, but it's like that. It's like that for most leagues. Most leagues are like okay. When you know what the weird thing is, though, is when I talk about okay, a player entering the Hall of Fame or a player who's the best player of all time, etc. etc. It's not, I I don't look at all star appearances, it's not Mary Lemieux, you're right. No, uh, you see the first all star team mentioned thing, but yeah, not the all star game itself. Yeah, like I don't look at I don't look at those type of things. Well, remember when it was this was before our time, but it would be the cup champs versus the all star team. Like that's cool. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, the cup champs. I think the cup champs would win, but probably. But uh, you know, it's just I don't the all star game. It's just everyone. Uh, here we are getting worked up about it. Like, the players don't even care anymore. Um, you know, you've already had Ovechkin and Flurry saying, yeah, we're going to pass. It's just... And I'm sure a few more players are going to decline the invitation, too. And then they'll get suspended again. Which is also dumb, by the way. What, <laughs> uh, Alex? Uh, so many things. So many things. We're halfway through the year here, right? So I'm going to bring you up the NHL standings, and we can get a sense of everything that's going on in the league right now. Uh, starting with the Western Conference here. Uh, the Pacific Division is finally being headed up by the Vegas Golden Knights. Second, of course, behind over game in hand is the Coyotes. Third, two points behind the Coyotes with two games in hand are the Vancouver Canucks. What do you make of the top of the Pacific right now? I for sure thought Vegas was going to be there. Um, I'm still obviously a little bit surprised with Vancouver. I'm not Vancouver, so I'm surprised with Calgary not being up there. And I know uh, they really didn't have a good start to the season. Uh, Then the uh, Bill Peter situation came and it really didn't go well. And then they got um, Jeff Ward. And that's when things kind of started going back up again and then it kind of seems like they start to slow down but a team i'm really interested in here and i know you don't like them is the vancouver canucks and i'm pretty sure at the beginning of the year i said they were going to make a play make the playoffs but in a wild card spot yes i think if they continue on this pace i think they're going to make the playoffs i think 
Edmonton is probably going to slow down, uh, which they already started slowing down. Uh, I don't remember this stat off the top of my head. I'm going to see if I can find it. But the compared to the first 24 games, Leon Dreisaitl, the last 21 games, has not been on the same pace. Which, listen, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Leon Dreisaitl uh, isn't a good player, but players slow down. We we all knew with the ice time they were playing, they were going to fall down. So this is, and I said this from the beginning of the year, the goaltending in Edmonton just wasn't, was not going to work. No. Koskinen is down to a 9-12 save percentage, if you care to know that. But I, I really like Arizona. I don't know why. Yeah, same. I, I I'm and I think they've been one of the team in the West that we've been saying for years they're going to make the playoffs they're going to make the playoffs and then they end up not making the playoffs. They're the hipster I, next step team. I think they're the Carolina of the West. Yes. But I think this year is their year to make the playoffs. You know they brought in Taylor Hall. How much of that obviously does make a big impact? Are they Stanley Cup contenders? Goaltending brings so. you a long way. And gold, yeah, goaltending has bring them a long way. I was wrong about Darcy Kemper. Is he still injured? Or is he I back? Will, I will check that right now. Because I and I know they have Anti Ranta playing, and he was supposed to be their starter uh, since pretty much they brought him in. And I know he's been injured, but to, but he's still a good goaltender to have Darcy Kemper and anti to split the crease. I think that's a very good, uh, very good duo uh, looking around the league, considering <laughs> the situation that other teams are in. Mm-hmm. But the team that time in, in this division and they've been surprising me since the beginning of the year, is the San Jose Sharks. And it really sucks. Because I don't think anyone expected this. I don't think a lot of uh, people expected them to start the downfall now. And they're in a very tricky, uh, tricky situation because they don't have their first round pick. Their first round pick belongs to the Ottawa Senators. Mm-hmm. So their goaltending isn't good. Their back end isn't holding up. And I don't think it, 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 they're just. They're minus 28 right now. I mean, I know a lot of people don't use uh, goal differential, but for a team like that, it just does not look good. It really doesn't look good. And I don't know if they're going to... I don't know if how they're going to step it up. My first guess, goaltend. You have to bring in some type of consistent goaltending. Because right now, they do not have it. They really don't. Well, Alex. I can tell you one thing. And that is that, to be fair, the Sharks are 2-0 this year. 
and they're currently tied with the Washington Capitals. I believe, Alex, you heard it here first. The Sharks are going to make the playoffs. They don't have a choice. They, <laughs> I think they're going to turn it around. I really do. But, no, no, I don't. I'm just trying to have a hot take. I was going to try and turn this into a transition about how garbage the bottom of the Pacific is compared to the Central, but I just, I don't know why. That wasn't going to work. But um, speaking of the Central Division, that was, I know, that was a really bad transition, but whatever. Um, right now, it's headed up by Dallas, Colorado, who cannot stay healthy, by the way, in Colorado. The St. Louis Blues, although the Jets, the Wild, somehow are looking right at them, right behind their tails, to be honest with you. And the Nashville Predators are somehow below Minnesota. And we know from last night's episode, uh, sorry, last night's edition of Saturday Night Headlines, that David Poyo was starting to get impatient. And honestly, if I was him, yeah, I would be too. Um, I wanted to get to this a little later, but I was going to try and bring up one of your surprises, your disappointments of the year. And I think my disappointment is definitely with Nashville. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't argue with that. The only other one would be San Jose. Yeah. The only other one would be say, and I think I would argue San Jose would be the bigger disappointment, considering they kept Eric Carlson, they kept Evander Kane, and they still are in this position. Well, I would argue that you have Pecorino. We know how Pecorino is. They bring in Matt Duchesne to help their center position. You know, a guy who's wanted to be there forever. They've wanted him forever. You know, Dante Fabio, a year old. I mean, you look at PK. Originally, I said, you know, you're taking away from your strength. But honestly, you look at where PK is now in his career and his body. And, I mean, we all forget about how good Philip Forsberg is. I mean, it's just nothing. See, you know, at the end of the day, we can say nothing's going right for either of them, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. But I don't know about you. I'm really not surprised about who's in a divisional spot. I'm what, really in the not. Central? Yeah. And and what about I'm not uh, I'm not surprised that St. Louis, Colorado and Dallas have divisional spots. Oh, we didn't Okay, yeah, well, yeah. At, at the beginning of the season, neither of us thought that Winnipeg was going to have a divisional spot considering they their defense just was not looking the same. Mm-hmm. Right? We Minnesota knew how, is Minnesota. Not Minnesota is Minnesota and then Chicago, Chicago. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the Central is as messy as the Pacific. No. It's it, really nice to see St. Louis really turn into a powerhouse, by the way. You know, not have a completely abysmal start to the season. And considering they don't have Tarasenko? Yes. David is wrong. Eh? We have not talked about David Perron this year. No, he's having a good season. He, a good, he is 40. He's point per game. Is he actually? Oh, 43 and 43. Good for him. But going what? to the is, east. Is he, oh. is he a UFA at the end of the year? I don't think he is, no. Oh, that would have been a perfect pickup for Edmonton. Uh, perfect overpayment for a team like Edmonton. Um, Going to the Metro, though, the top three, Washington, Pittsburgh, and the New York Islanders, who 
obviously have come down a bit from that incredible point streak they had, but they're still up there. Of course, we talked about the Penguins earlier. There is the Washington Capitals still have nine regulation losses. They might get it today versus the San Jose Sharks. You don't know, but um, I'm really, I, I really thought the Carolina Hurricanes would be stronger this year. But the, the phenom that is, yeah, yeah. and I think calendars are. I was wrong today. We've talked about it before. I think it their goaltending is kind of where they're lacking. We all want Jim Reimer to pick it up. We really do. Oh, for sure. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I listen. I don't think, and I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I'm not saying that, but I think considering the teams in front of them, in Wa- okay, Washington for sure, uh, can definitely keep up this pace. Pittsburgh has been a surprise, uh, not necessarily from the start of the season, but considering they lost Malkin. Then uh, now they've lost Crosby, but Malkin's come back and has killed it. Once they get back Crosby, it's a completely different ball game, and I I don't really think we're gonna see. We're probably not gonna see Jake Gensel for the rest of the year, considering it's four to six months, right? Uh, yes. That would be a tight one, but considering that they can play now with a depleted team, imagine what this team looks like when all their players come back. Even without Gensel. I'd say for sure Mike Sullivan deserves a look at the Jack Adams this year. Oh, for sure. I think so. And and then you have the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, no surprise. I, I guess people were still a little bit surprised that they can be this... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Be this defensive and be so good at it. But Barry Trotz, man. Barry and Sam- Trotz. And Semyon Varlamov has looked better than I think a lot of people expected him to be. You just going to keep uh, telling me how wrong I was, Alex? Well, you keep telling me how wrong I was about Darcy Kemper. I, I don't know what you're talking Anyway, um, the Atlantic right, Division, right. eh? We talked about – we're going to talk about Montreal and Toronto later. We talked about Tampa – uh, Boston or so Boston, even though they have slowed down a bit, Toronto are only six points behind them now. But uh, honestly, yeah. if you're Toronto, would you rather win your division? Like, uh, I look at Leafs fans and like, all right, so you either play the Tampa Bay Lightning in the round in round one, and you go to a series of no defense, which would be hilarious, um, or you hope maybe Tampa leapfrogs both of you, and somehow you play the Bruins again in the first round. No. But, hey, um, I don't really have much to say about the Atlantic right now. We're going to get to, I think, a bit more. Uh, I like the Sabres bringing Mikau for a leak. Yeah, well, I mean, they've been looking for a forward, I feel like, for the last two years. Yeah. I feel like that's always been their thing. Then they bring in Marcus Johansson uh, over the offseason, and then they're still looking for that forward. And I guess maybe the Galchenyuk stuff went off of all the injuries in Pittsburgh. Sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes you're wrong. But they did let go of a defenseman, right? They did trade Mike uh, Marco Scandella. By the way, um, I actually didn't realize this until I saw this tweet. So in 38 games played, um, 
Mikael Frolik has 20, sorry, he has 10 points in 38 games. Um, in 31 games, sorry, 32 games played, Marco Scandella has nine. So in about seven less games, six less games, um, Marco Scandella only has a point less than him. And yeah, Michael, when Michael Frolik has not been a point getter. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, why that's why I was a little bit concerned. Not concerned. I was a little bit uh, questionable with that trade because that's not what I, I don't think that's the type of player they're looking for. Yeah, never mind. I uh, I thought his numbers were a bit better than that, <laughs> but uh, no. He's also been Froelich's the kind of player that it sounded like he was on the trading block for uh, as long as I've been watching hockey. But, yes. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Alex, sure. let me ask you a few things here. If I had to ask you, who would you give the Hart Trophy to right now? Who would you give it to? Probably Nathan McKinnon. Really? No. Oh, yes, okay. yes, 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 Nathan McKinnon. All right, that's good because I was gonna do the same thing because I love you know me and Nathan McKinnon. Well, I so I you know why because I look at the standings and I'm like okay who's in a playoff spot, uh, and and I guess I could give it to Connor, but you know what I think the thing is with Connor is Connor also has Leon. Could you not right? see that? So that's. Meanwhile, everyone's been hurt in Colorado, and McKinnon just right. somehow got better and better. Right, right. That's where I'm kind of coming from. That yeah. It's McKinnon. That's fair. Um, who would you give the James Norris trophy to as the best defenseman in the league? There's a part of me. No, it's it's for sure John Carlson. I was going to say there's a part of me that wants to give it to Shea Weber. No. But I think I think it, it, it for sure is John Carlson if he keeps up the way he's been playing. Uh yeah, I think that's fair. Um I also like I think Weber will be a finalist. If not, I think it's a crime. But yeah, John Carlson is fifty one points in forty two games played. Also, um let's not forget to give some love to Gail McCarr as a rookie. If he's not a finalist, it should be Carlson Weber McCarr. It really should. But uh anyway who do you give your Jack Adams trophy to? Oh. You know, I did send you a text, right? Oh, yeah. No, go <laughs> yeah, ahead. I did send you a text. I I feel really uh, – well, I don't really care. I think it's Sheldon Keefe. It's fair. But uh, my argument to you was it's a fair thing, but the problem is if you're a good coach and you yeah. have – you, you you use a team up to expectation. You don't actually win it. It's Can a, I be honest? Stupid, but... Can I be honest? Do you know why Craig Berube didn't get the uh, Jack Adams last year? Why? Because Jordan Binning, Binnington played very well and came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well then, Alex, I think that's all for halfway stuff. Uh, I'd give mine to Rick Tockett, by the way. Um I just like keeping that system together and, and a team that like the struggle and grunt their way to every goals and all that. Um, I just have a lot of respect for Rick Tockett. So, do you think Barry Trotz wins it again? Did he I win it last year? I don't know who won it last year. I'm but pretty I sure it was Barry Trotz. He 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 definitely deserves it. Jack Adams. Oh, last year for sure. 
Yeah, he won it last year. He did. Last uh, year, for sure, you, you deserved it. Oh, boy. The Canadians, there's a mess. Oh, that's going to be a penalty. Russia just put their hand over the puck, I think. Oh, boy. Uh, but anyway, Alex, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So where do you want to start? One team is doing very, very well and on the up. The other one, having some issues, is on the way down and struggling to stay afloat. Uh, I'll go I'll go first because I think there's a lot for you to talk about. Yeah. Justin Hall. Okay. okay. Let's talk about Justin Hall. Good for him. Signed it. Sign a three-year deal, $2 million per year. Listen, I'm not going to complain about it. He is the He's only one, uh, one of two defenders on contract next year for the Leafs. Listen, he has played – he's honestly probably been the best right-handed defenseman on the Leafs this year. Does and he that's kind of Leafs- scary to say. Does he make the all-decade team of right-handed defensemen? Is he top five? No, 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 no. It's think only been... No, 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 no. Not all-decade team. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because he is. it was only for 40 games. But considering he was scratched 71 games last year, that's a little bit of a punch in the face to a certain coach that I won't name. Um, Ooh, well, Alex, I'll name if you want. No, it's okay. Around okay. Italian sausage to be more famous. Oh my god! <laughs> honestly, I have so much respect for Justin Hall that he goes out after that situation with um, with Mike Babcock, and then he comes back and gets a six million dollar deal. I mean, that's it's so good for him. Such a great story. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's and he started in the ECHL, went up to the AHL, now in the NHL, and he's going to get six million dollars. And it's kind of what this team needs in a right-handed defenseman, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they've it's kind of the one thing they they've been lacking, and they will kind of lack. Considering you look at their defensive prospects, a lot a lot of them are left-handed, uh, other than Timothy Liljegren. But listen. I'm perfectly fine with the deal. Good. Now, there's one person's deal on on this team that I don't understand why, but everyone hates. Really? Can you tell me who? Can you tell me who that person is? Uh, I'd be amazed if. Oh, Alex, there's a player that has probably been the hottest player in the league. And a lot of people don't like his contract, especially after last year. But I'm wondering, would you be talking about one Canadian, William Nylander? Yeah. 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 I'm talking about William Nylander. <laughs> Did you the, hear? The, oh. the William Nylander that has 38 points in 43 games. So they should trade him for a defenseman though, right? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> someone's – I don't know who you're I, – I, right now, I do not understand who you're going to get that doesn't expire at the end of the year. Oh, no, you know, forget and, forget about the defense. Like, talk, talk to me about – because it must be so satisfying to see William Nylander play so well. Adam, I love seeing William Nylander play so well. Because since the day he signed that contract, 
I have been praising this guy through the thick and thin through last year when he didn't play so well, but the advanced numbers might have shown otherwise. That William Nylander is a six point nine million dollar player. If not, he's better than that right now. Mm-hmm. And the best part is, I, from the beginning, I've been saying, "Oh man, you need to keep Nylander because he's great. He's been a great player with Matthews, and we saw that Marner didn't really work, and now." The guy's playing with John Tavares. Marner's playing with Matthews. It's like everything's just kind of spinning around. Mm. It's like perfect. It's perfect. It, it really what, is. You know what I find really interesting about William Nylander? Everyone hates him. Even I was listening to Hockey Central Noon. It was a Friday episode with uh, Brian Burke was on. And I love how even Justin Bourne, who, of course, uh, former video coach of the Toronto Marley, so he, he coached William Nylander, even he was yeah. talking about, it's like, of course he was going to be like this. When he's on, he's on. But the moment William Nylander doesn't care, <laughs> it's a, it, like we always, there was always this criticism about Ovechkin, about how he doesn't try, what else is he doing? And the same thing of Nylander, and even have like, Brian Burt makes a good point that, and I've known this is a lot because Nylander plays a lot of good hockey against the Canadians that there will be shifts where he's the guy you notice the most and then he just disappears. But it's just it's such a he's such a unique player, but then the moment he turns it on, you cannot stop him and you cannot get the puck away from him. And, you know and, and that's you know what? Listen, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you he's the perfect player. I, I honestly can't do that. I can't sit here and tell you William Nylander is the perfect player. Uh, William Nylander never makes mistakes because that's just not true. Most players in this league, with exception of maybe two players, never make mis- always make mistakes. Sorry, always yeah, I, make I, I know. mistakes. Brendan Gallagher is perfect. I know. I'm not talking about Brendan Gallagher. I know it's a Terry Lekkinen. For sure. Well, you know, I, I'm sure it's his offensive production really makes you forget about the, you know the flaws of William uh, Nylander. Apparently not. Adam, he had he's I don't remember which game it was. He had a really good game, and I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head. But the day after. I went on Twitter, and the first thing I saw, should the Leafs trade William Nylander? Would what? you perhaps be thinking of the Next Generation game when he made that wicked pass? To, no, Matthews, or when him and Matt was him and Matthews who connected for that? No, wicked, no, like, that was him and Martin. That was Matthews and Marner. Sorry, sorry. So, so anyway, yeah, the whole thing of even when he's finally living up to the contract and beyond. There's still the thing of trade should, William. Should they should they sell high on William Nylander? Huh? Really? I I I don't understand what Nylander has to do to get past this. And I don't remember who said this, but <laughs> the best thing I've ever heard is William Nylander can become a doctor in between periods. And people would still find a way to hate him. What and what does Ellie Friedman's grandmother say? Someone's gonna cure cancer and someone's gonna hate it for him. William Nylander could cure cancer 
and people would still hate him for it. It's ridiculous. And I like listen, I have nothing but love for William Nylander. I just it's so tiring to have to deal with all the BS that people talk because he's a very good player. And it feels like they're just nitpicking. I don't see them do this about any other player. They always they always picked a player before Jake Gardner. Before that, it was probably Dion Phaneuf. <laughs> uh, I don't even know who was before that. But you, like, there's always a player that they like to pick on. And it seems like they talk more about how, how bad William Nylander is than how bad Cody Cece is. Even on the broadcast, there was more made about how hot Max Domi has been and how he had, like, I think it was six goals and six I games. heard about that. When William Nylander had, like, 14 points in seven games. It's like, wait, what? Uh, apparently, uh, I don't know. I lo- we forgot about I William I love Max Domi. I love Max Domi, obviously, but... Uh... But Alex, even with all the good things going around in Toronto, you can't help but mention. Things. I mean, obviously, David Clarkson and Nathan Horton are still on LTIR. Alex, man, I've been waiting for these guys to get off LTIR for uh, quite a while now. Honestly, to be honest, you know, I went I went on to Cat Friendly to get ready for this segment, and I was like, yeah. "Well, they have a lot more guys injured than I thought." And I saw with David Clarkson. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah." But oh, anyway, about that um, guy. Trevor Moore is on IR, of course, as well as Andreas Janssen, Ilya Mikhaev, as well after. Really scaring looking uh, incident when like a, a blade caught his wrist. Kyle Dubas even stayed with him in New Jersey, make sure he was okay. But um, but apparently he's a bad guy for that too. I can't figure this Leafs Twitter out. And Jake Muzzin was hurt. I guess he just got back, so I'm not seeing. No, him here. no, they didn't put him on IR. Oh, okay, but anyway, there are some injuries, injuries, more injuries uh, around the Leafs. They're still playing well, Alex. So what do you make of all this going on? I think it just shows the depth that this team has. I think it shows the drafting that's been done, the develop the very good development that's been going on and playing through injuries, which I think you could probably agree with me on this, which isn't always the easiest thing to do. Uh Trevor Moore, sure, a port- important depth player uh, there's really no timeline on when he's coming back. Uh, Janssen just started skating again with a no-contact jersey. Mikhaev's basically out for th- he's out for at least three months, and Muzzin is week to week with a foot injury. And I think sure <clears throat> Moore, Mikhaev, and Janssen <clears throat> are imp- are dead are big injuries, but the most important one <clears throat> is Jake Muzzin. Because that's where they're kind of, I'd say, weakest in depth. Uh, Magic Hands Martin Marinson is playing uh, with Justin Hall. <laughs> My boy. Uh, and I know you like Martin Marinson. And, and I know we talked about this earlier. And I wouldn't be surprised if the team did actually uh, recall uh, Rasmus Sandin to get him a few more games. I don't think they're worried about his play? Who? Um, Lilligreen, because I remember there was that no. thing of within like four days he got he got called up and sat no, down no, no, three no. times. No, no, he didn't end up playing. I don't just paper I, transactions. Though. Yeah, I don't understand it, but that's a whole Cash different issue. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it, it's a tough one for the Leafs, but 
right now. They've been playing through it, especially with their forwards. Uh, but their defense is kind of where I'm worried. But I think they can play through it. They got, I guess, a tough, a tough couple games against Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Florida. Pretty much that's their next week. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll see how, how things go. All right. On the uh, injury front. Somehow Barrett Hayden got thrown to the ice and he got a penalty. But anyway, um, oh, what's really funny <clears throat> to me as I'm looking is, so of course there's been a lot of word lately that maybe a Ben Harper, Dmitry Timoshov, Jeremy Brack, or of course guys like Pierre Inval have made those guys disposable. And with them being on the block, I also want to ask, would there be a big trade involved? With those guys, as so, well as Andreas Janssen. I think, is there a possibility that Andreas Janssen has lost his, his spot on this team? So, when it comes to Timoshov and Harper, I think at this point, my understanding is is that it's just a matter of they're trying to get them a, new, a different opportunity. It's kind of like the whole Nick Patan thing, right? Uh, Nick Patan was on the trade block. I'm guessing he still is at this point, trying to get them a new opportunity to go play more minutes elsewhere. Because I can, I'd imagine teams, uh, specifically with Timoshov, would would be interested in in getting him. When it comes to Bracco, my this is from Elliot Friedman. Apparently, there's a bigger, he would be a part of a bigger deal, but the asking price is high. That's what I've what I've read. And for Janssen, I don't know if he's lost his position. I think I'd like to see what happens when he comes back. I don't know. I'm. I don't. I don't think so. But it's. I look at this team and listen. Marchment and Brooks are being sent. Are kind of going down. That's why I think Timoshov's Timoshov's on the block. I I don't think he's on the block. I don't think he, if he is going to be traded, it is part of a bigger trade as well. That would that's what I would have to guess. Then if you're a Leafs, if you're a Kyle Dubas and you've got these assets, and there is this bigger trade, what do you think that bigger trade is? Sash, what does it look like? Well, I read some, and I and it wasn't really I couldn't find anything else or anyone else confirming it, but I was reading something that there was some type of trade with the uh, Rangers for Georgiev, and it included Bracco, but I haven't heard anything about it, and based on how Michael Hutchison has been playing lately, I'm not sure that deal is really needed. My guess is, is they're looking to bring in another right-handed defenseman who's not named Cody Ceci. I keep forgetting that Cody CC is indeed a Toronto Maple Leaf. And the thing with that is, is Cody CC would have to be going the other way. And I would, oh. and I would think based on other deals that Kyle Dubas has made, that he'd probably look for some, uh, the Russian scored. Uh, I'd probably be looking for someone with some type of term. Uh, I am sorry. Had yeah, a year, basically a year and a half. Tyson Berry, at least you had the full year with Tyson Berry. So we'll have to see 
we'll have to see what goes on there. Yeah. But uh, if a trade is just stored, so I yeah. that's why I actually made that noise. Yeah, yeah. If I had to see a trade incoming, it would be for a de- right-handed defenseman. Would I know you talked about term? So there's I, right as you say that I'm thinking of two players, um, and I think of a right-handed defenseman, and I think, oh, really, some term, and I'm thinking. A defenseman on an Eastern Conference team who has been rumored to be on the block before, and I think of Damon Severson. I well, let me just pull up New Jersey here for a second. I could see that four point one. He's that's his for the next four years, uh, including this year, potentially. Would they be willing to give him up? I'm not sure. I talked about, uh, when we talked about New Jersey, I talked about him being one of the players that they should think about keeping. I know other people have said the same as well. Okay. Do you have, do you have another player in mind? Uh, I was going to say Vatnin, but I thought he was a right-handed shot. But he is. He is. Oh, so they just have oh he is right. He so plays I, on the left. I know you did say term, but I mean... If uh, I, I was going to say maybe Vatnin, because Vatnin strikes me as the kind of guy that the Leafs are, I think he would thrive there. I think so as well. If he would, if that is the case, I would want some type of extension there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something that would happen though. But it'd be interesting for sure. Sammy Vatnin on the Leafs. My guess, I I don't even I this you the thing is though I don't know where he would he play what on the third pair with with Travis Dermott. I don't know because you have Barry and Riley Muzzin Hall Dermott and Cece, and then you want to bring up you want to bring up uh, Sandine. If you bring in someone like uh, someone like Sammy Vatnin. I don't think I don't think you bring back Muzzin or Barry. I don't really? think you, because okay, so say you bring bring in Sammy Vatnin, you play Riley and Vat. You can you play Riley and Vatnin together? Uh, then you your Dermot is ready for top four minutes. Dermot Hall, Sandine Lilligren. That's your top six next year. Well, think about Vatnin's not going to make the same type of, of money as Barry and the other guy, right? So maybe it is better to keep him a little less money. And then, yeah, there is eventually that right side of um, of, of like a Hall Vatnin. <clears throat> thing. I don't know. I think it makes sense to rather get a guy who's not going to cost maybe $8 million in the open market. Exactly. For sure. I agree. You talked to Michael Hutchinson. Well, can you talk about more about how he's been playing lately? Because you Man, know me, I, I, I know his, I know his cousin, so I, I want yeah. It's good to see him succeed. I don't know what's what's been happening with Michael Hutchinson. It seems like you know when you have confidence in a guy, when your coach has confidence in you, it seems like you just play better. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. Well, you know, like he doesn't craziness. play. A, doesn't play the back half of a back to back, and he wins. Yeah, it, it it's nice to see Michael Hutchinson doing well because 
a lot of people have been down on him. And I know, uh, I can't remember if it was Friedman or John- Johnson who, who was writing about this. Time to the show? About, <laughs> about when he was sent down, it, he was probably at his worst uh, mentally. And being down there working with the coaches was probably the best thing for him. And I could imagine, considering a lot of players like Sheldon Keefe, and based on how they're playing, it seems like a lot of players are are happy that, you know, he the the guy has confidence in him. He's not I, he's not worried about putting Michael Hutchinson in, and I don't think the team and I think the team is playing better uh, in front of him. Like significant, it seems like the team is playing so much better in front of him. And I, I texted you lot, uh, yesterday when it was announced Michael Hutchinson was playing. That I think this was the best thing for Michael Hutchinson and the Leafs because it proves to the Leafs can Michael Hutchinson is Michael Hutchinson your backup goalie? Mm-hmm. Uh, you haven't been satisfied with how he's been playing lately. Uh, I mean, he won two games in a row, but that was against New Jersey and uh, Detroit. You need to play him against some type of opponent that that will give him a challenge. And he really proved himself last night. Had his 33-save shutout against the New York Islanders. And I think that is a very... That's a... That's a good what? Team. It's a good team. It's a very good. It's a very good team. I said and solid team. No, not team. Don't worry. I thought you said sloppy. I thought you said sloppy. Oh no 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 no! If there's a team that's more fine and tuned to detail, it's, I think say it's the New York Islanders. But yeah, it, I I'm very happy with Michael Hutchinson. I think for now, I'm not too worried about the backup position. All right, uh, then Alex, I have to ask you. Right before Canada is about to go on a five-on-three for two minutes, how fun is it to be a Leafs fan right now? So I was thinking because I saw you put this in the as a question yesterday. So I was thinking about last night as I was watching the Leafs game, and and you can probably remember the first twenty-five games of the season versus the last how many the last twenty games. It is so much fun being a Leafs fan because. And and I'll tell you why it's because maybe it's because I like the way the they're playing now, and I really didn't like how they were playing before. That could be a, that could very well be it, because it's true. That's just the way I like watching hockey. I I don't at the end of the day I don't want to watch one nothing games. Like I'd rather watch like a six five game or a seven five game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I don't care. For like, fine. You win one nothing. A win is a win, but I want to see goals. I'm not the guy who sit there and see. Wow, there were ten fights in that game last night. I'm there to say, wow, there were fifteen goals in that game last night. You know what I? That that's why I like it, and that I'm having a lot of fun with this team. You talk about fights. There's a Matt Max Domi fought last night, and I was just like, "Buddy, I want you on the ice for for, for those five minutes, not off of it." You goofball, McGundy. Uh, Dylan Cousins has just tied this game up, ladies and gentlemen. They might look at it, but I think that's going to be a good goal. Um, anything else you want to say about the Toronto Maple Leafs? One thing, one very quick thing. 
one thing that I noticed that I was I hadn't really noticed before is I don't think this team is is heavily relying on on their goaltending as they were before because they're scoring so many goals. Right? It's not like you know how usually we say oh Frederick Anderson uh, stole the game. Frederick Anderson stole the game. It's not like we've been saying that a whole lot lately. No, I haven't heard it. I haven't heard him much either, and I haven't thought that as well. So that's my last piece on the uh, on the Leafs. Now let's get to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and how Ilya Kovalchuk was given number 17 by Brett Kulak, and as a result, uh, guess what? Uh, Kovalchuk bought him a Rolex. That's so nice of him. But anyway, yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting week as a Habs fan, um, or past few weeks, because they ended off the new year really well. They won, they got six out of eight points in their uh, Western Canadian road trip, and since then have lost five straight games. Um, to set the scene here, they are missing Jonathan Druin still, who instead of eight weeks has now gone to a possibly ten. He's missing. He was on pace for thirty goals this year. They've lost Brendan Gallagher. From accidentally being kneed in the head by Thomas, uh, sorry, by Ben Chirot. Um, Brendan Gallagher also on pace for 30 goals. Paul Byron has been out, of course. That's a two time 20 goal scorer. He's fast, a big part of this team. Yol Armia is on pace for 20 goals, a career breakout year. He's also on the IR. Now, of course, injuries are part of the season, but of course, Montreal are a team that's scored by committee. And all these losses have just been such a problem. As a result, they signed Ilya Kovalchuk to a one-year $700,000 deal. Uh, it's two-way, which means uh, the, the second way is back to Russia. But um, I guess, Alex, the first thing with Ilya Kovalchuk is really um, it's a low-risk move. And I think it's going to work out. I mean, it's really the guy's last chance. I, he's not going to move the needle. But I actually, I think it's a really smart move to bring in Ilya Kovalchuk. Oh, for sure. And I and listen, considering what what's going on with the team when it comes to injuries, I think you needed to make an impact, not necessarily an impact move, sorry, but you need to make some type of move now because mm-hmm. it just didn't seem like it was working out and that seemed like the move to make. Um, it's just, you know... And I told you this, and I texted you this before. Listen, I know I'm a Leafs fan, and I know I'm not yes. supposed to root for the Canadians, but I, I and I wasn't I wasn't BSing you. I I'm being legitimate here, and I feel like even with the Scandella move, and I know we're gonna get to Marco Scandella later, but I felt like these two moves were kind of just a distraction for Mark Bergman. Okay, because. List you were in the hall, you were in the hall, whatever. Like you were, we we were told that you were make it that the Canadians were calling. We've been talking about you getting a left hand, an uh, impact left handed defenseman for how long? You needed a score. Sure, you filled up left handed defenseman and a score, but you have all this cap space and you have all this, all these assets. And I get it. You you want to draft, you want to develop these players. But at some point, you need to bring in those impact players. And I know you have Cole Caulfield and and Romanov coming in. But I'm looking at the stint. 
And and both of those will is Caulfield coming next year? Is that confirmed? Is that the uh, plan? It, from what I, I've read in that, um, it uh, he'll probably be ready. It just depends now on when how, Wisconsin are the best team, so it'll probably be by the end of the season. But okay, but anyway, so, it, it will be probably too late for it to make a difference. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I, and I look at and I get it. He doesn't want to make. He doesn't want to make. Uh, he's not a big rental guy, is mm-hmm. from what I've read. But. You got to do something. So I, I know what you're saying here. And I think the big move was never going to be on defense. We talked about this a few weeks ago that instead of a Shane Gilsis bear type, I talked about how and maybe instead it's a better idea to have a reliable, safe in your own zone defenseman because Montreal's power plays, that's a turned into top 10 in the league. Mm-hmm. And um, so I actually really like the Scandella deal. And for that, I don't think Scandella is a oh big save. I don't think Scandella is really a distraction move. A, because they have wanted him for a long time. We talked about this before the show. I was actually really bummed when he went to Buffalo from uh, Minnesota instead of Montreal. And you can tell Scandella loves it already because he's a Montreal boy. Actually, hit the post last night. Heartbreaking. Um, so I don't think the Scandella one was either. Now, the Kovalchuk one I don't think is either. First of all, Mark Bergevin... I think very easily – sorry, I think Mark Bergevin doesn't think this fan base and the media are idiots, and he's been getting a lot of crap already this year. So Kovalchuk I see as it really is a week-to-week process with him. And I can I think I'm confident in saying that if he doesn't work out, there is another move coming. But but here's here's the thing I have a problem with. Like I have a pro I have a problem with that is you look at the Atlantic division and I have the standings up standings up right now and it's two one for Russia. Um they sit That's cool. Uh they sit seven points behind Tampa Bay. Yes. And Tampa Bay has two two games in hand. And it doesn't look like any of the top three are going to be slowing down, uh, majorly slowing down anytime soon. I know Boston has been a little slow lately. They're four, one, and five in their last ten. It's wild but, card now, basically. Yeah, it's wild. Okay, so let me pull up the wild card. They are six points behind Philadelphia, who hold the second wild card spot, and no points, like, uh, sorry, no games in hand. So if Kovalchuk doesn't work, and considering you have Gallagher, Armia, and Druen, who are all right, Druen still winger. Is that still a thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, he hasn't played center since okay. his first year. Considering they're all wingers, if Kovalchuk doesn't work out, then what happened? Now, now we're two weeks ahead, and Kovalchuk hasn't worked out, and now you've you're behind all these points, even more points. So I think based that's on his, for me, his... when I look at these signings, that's why, okay, the Scandella one, I understand you've been wanting to get Scandella. All you had to give up was a fourth round pick. If Kovalchuk doesn't work and you realize this two weeks, two, two weeks from now, you're probably in a worse position. Well, I, I, so the way that I've got the sense I've gotten from Mark Bergman's press conference is that, as long as they can stay a few points away before – and I'm not saying this is the right frame of mind to have, that by the time they get all these players back and you finally see the Montreal they were at the beginning of the season, 
that that's apparently good enough for Mark Bergeron is that I guess he sees Kovalchuk working as more of a a band-aid to his leaky to to uh, you know the leaky saying I think like definitely there's something there and he's relying on a lot there and your argument about two weeks too late is very fair and I mean, what else is there to do? Is there, oh, is there, you know, give up a few assets, graphics, maybe a prospect to get a goal scorer that can help you, or like an impact player on your offense? Now, should he do that? Yes, he probably should because I mean, like it's it's weird to think how much really would an Alex Galchenyuk cost you, right? So I, you definitely make some good points there, Alex. I don't agree with you 100 percent with the scan, like you know, with some stuff here, but I think you do make a good point about especially the two weeks too late thing. Yeah, uh, I get. I didn't realize the whole thing about Scandella, but I think for knowing that scoring doesn't come in from certain players, it really comes from an entire team. And considering the three players that you've lost, that's the co- that's why co- the Kovalchuk really concerned. The signing not concerns me. Like, fine, you want low risk. That's perfectly fine, but I feel like he still it's, needs it's to go out there and make it. A, it's it's an yeah, underwhelming. It's not what people expected. Now, at the same time, I think we've everyone's kind of had the idea that Kovalchuk could be a fantastic penalty. Uh, sorry, power, power play specialist, and he's right-handed. So that means Jordan Wheel will no longer be on the power play. Oh no! Which is uh, thank God for that. I love Jordan Wheel. I've met him. Nice guy and all that, but. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to keep an eye out on. Um, and I like the big thing here is, I'm I I is it who's gonna be a better risk to take, Dale Weiss or Ilya Kovalchuk? Like, oh, probably Ilya Kovalchuk. When I saw Dale Weiss get called up, like I love Dale Weiss, but I mean, is this really what's gonna help us? And I I mean, you wonder now, is it? If this Colbert doesn't work out and his next move is at the deadline, is it going to be too late? It's I don't know, Alex, and I don't know how this season is going to go from now on because fans are legitimately at the time where they are done for the season. And it's the worst time because all of a sudden everyone's looking at Alexis Lafreniere, realizing, oh, wait, the draft's in Montreal. Oh, wait, he's French. Hello there. We right. don't know what that means. Like, no matter what. Uh, Alex, get ready. The rumors about Montreal going for the first overall pick are not going to stop. Ever. Like, even, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't, it's it's going to be interesting. They've lost five straight now. Um, a, a terrible game last night. They played really well against the Penguins, but just some really unlucky bounces and a terrible line change from Nick Suzuki um, in late last night in overtime. By the way, Nick Suzuki in a few years is going to be uh, sensational. I just wanted to mention that. But um, it's so frustrating in Montreal because I think next year Montreal are going to be a force. But it's just, yeah, we always go back to it. The whole situation of having Carey Price and Shea Weber just throws everything up in the air. And uh, it's just, it's tough. It's so tough. Right. Now, there was a name mentioned on headlines last night uh, from Friedman basically saying that. They talked about it internally that uh, they might look at Sven Berchi. Now, obviously, they didn't end up uh, claiming him on waivers or even talking uh, to Vancouver about a trade. But what would you think about a player like Sven Berchi on the Montreal Canadiens? Well, 
now that we talk about the quick fix that Kovalchuk may try and be, um, I, I don't know why they didn't try and go more after Sven Berchi. I've talked about before that I wouldn't mind giving him a try and why how while he's playing in the AHL, no one's giving him a shot. Vancouver especially. So um, I don't know if 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 a hundred percent because we we actually don't hear that much about all the big stuff from Montreal. They're they're not as type lipped as an Islanders or Toronto, but. I, it, it's surprising me that they didn't really, you know, try a bit more to try and get him out of Vancouver. I think it would have been a fair thing to try, but um, I think he would have been. I think a lot more is sorry. I think less of a fuss is made if they get Berchi than they do Kovalchuk, right? Yes, for sure. I think so. I yeah. I don't Berchi think it's. I don't think it's. Young. Listen, I don't think it's. He's twenty-seven. Uh, he's 27 and makes 3.3 for the next this year and next year. And Montreal have all the cap room, right? See, that's a, that's another thing. That's a mistake by Bergevin. The Canucks are clearly not using him, so you'd think they'd want to trade him. The Canucks are in cap hell, so why not take advantage of that? Well, they that's did a- want to trade him. They did want to trade him before they sent him on waivers. They said that they tried to trade him. But when was the? But that was like last month, wasn't it? So that I think that's before the Druin injury looked worse, and that was before the Gallagher and Armia injury. So I think well, there's at the beginning of the year they before they put him on waivers the first time. Yeah, yeah. They they apparently tried to see if anyone was interested, and apparently I'm assuming no one was interested, or they got nothing of consequence. Then yes. they put him on waivers. No one claimed him. Then they put him on waivers again last month after they called him up. And no one claimed him. Yeah. So there's something there. I I don't know exactly what it is, but. I definitely think Montreal should have given it a go more, but. eh. So. I guess my final thing, I don't know if you have anything else to say, is I think the biggest question, because we haven't really recorded in two weeks, is who or what is to necessarily blame for the latest slump, right? You haven't – you've lost five straight. You've won one in the last seven games. Uh, Is it the injuries? Is it the coach? Is it the GM? Where, Where are they going wrong? I think our our last little conversation we've had here with you know the yeah I think definitely I don't want to blame Claude Julian uh, I really don't because of like Nick Cousins is on the top line right now he doesn't have much else to use right now I mean Paling's already been called up and he's been moved up to play the Esperi Kotkinemi and all that so uh, I really don't I I I don't want to sit here and blame Claude Julian at all. Injuries, um, I think, is a very big part of it. Of course, we've talked about it. I've said it a lot in this podcast that it's part of the game, but it's just when injuries to, to key players just mean so much more to the Canadians and other teams, I think that's a massive part of it. And at the same time, I think Mark Bergevin now needs to make, if Col- especially when Kovalchuk, if Kovalchuk doesn't work out, because I really hope he does, and this continues, and we, you know, it, we go back to your two weeks too late thing. Then I think there's a lot more blame on Bergman. But right now, I'm really key to put it on injuries. I, I really am because scoring has started to become a problem in the last week for Montreal, 
And the last few years, they've been known for their five-on-five scoring. And with a good power play, it, it's I, I put a lot of this on injuries. I really do. That's fair. That's fair. But hey, uh, got- Alex, this could be next week, and I could uh, I could change my tune very quickly. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Do you have anything else to say about Montreal? Um, uh, you know what? I think it's time to trade Carey Price. Wow. You heard it here first. Um, because I don't think we deserve him anymore. Okay. Um, he got he was he stopped so many odd man rushes last night, and Stu Cowan was giving him crap because he didn't want to talk to the media last night. And he he it's just, he he tried to not let me get, see if I can find the exact thing from Stu Cowan here, um, because he he tried to backpedal a bit. I mean, there's two different... I think me and you can speak to this well because we're fans, but we're also... We're studying journalism right now and all that, so... He said this after last night's game. Carey Price didn't speak... Sorry, quote... Habs Carey Price didn't speak with the media after the game. Some media people are blaming team's PR staff, but it's on the goalie. He's a big boy and knows how things work. Doesn't have to be let out by hand. End quote. Then he tried the next day saying, reacting to tweet below from Habs fans seemed to be, uh, sorry, seems to be they think I'm upset or, quote, crying. Carey Price didn't speak with media last night. Personally, I really don't care if he speaks or not, but it's part of his job. If Price doesn't want to speak to the media, it's not PR, for, um, it's not PR staff's fault. Now, I don't I, think it's anybody's fault. <laughs> I think people were just getting a lot on him because he's using terms like big boy and lead him by the hand. Like, Carey Price is 32 years old and has two children. Like, don't. He's a big boy. Like, Stu Cowan, it sounded a bit <laughs> condescending. I won't lie. And you know me, uh, nobody goes to bat to care for Carey Price more than I do. But honestly, right. I'm at a point where, honest, like, if they traded him to a good team, you know, one, like, I, I would love to. The, the story when he retires of Carey Price would be what could his career have been if he had played in a, like a team that hasn't been so poorly ran over the past few years, like Montreal. Bay. Oh, could you imagine? Because uh, Julian Breezeball was the guy who ran Montreal's AHL team when they won the Calder Cup. Could you imagine if the Habs had gotten kept Julian Breezeball? That whole thing goes up. He builds the team... It's just, it seems to be, could you imagine what 14-15 that whole year looks, Carrier Price winning all the trophies, and he has a team around him that could score goals, has centermen, you know, doesn't waste the potential, that w- doesn't trade Ryan McDonough in the Scott Gomez deal before he plays an <laughs> NHL game. It's just, I, I just, ah, it's, it's such a missed opportunity with Carrier that he's put in this team, still becomes its winningest goalie in history. And it is... It, <laughs> It's just putting a guy in the, in the position to succeed. I don't think Carey Price has been put in it with this team, but he continues to succeed, and I love him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, also, this Canada-Russia game, is it me or is it getting real lippy? Like, the, the, like people are getting... Uh, oh, it's getting lippy, all right. Well, it's going to be a it's gonna be a fun game to watch, Alex, but uh, is that everything? Game. But that's everything, okay? Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are sorry for... We've had some technical difficulties for this because, you know, New Year, everything's going to go wrong. But um, we are happy to be back, of course. The NHL season continues on full swing. 
Um, of course, Alex, if they listened and they liked this podcast, I think they should rate it. I think they should subscribe and I think they should leave a review. Don't you? Of course. And then check they, out the Instagram and YouTube page. Of course, as well as my YouTube page, of course, because my HFRs will be going back as normal soon because I'm off work. And yeah, we're going back to school uh, soon, Alex. Do you have a class on Fridays? No. I don't. So me and you have this week off, don't we? Yes. Sweet. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we appreciate you listening and all that. Check out all that stuff. Um, <laughs> I know we said in November that Daniel would be back for December, but we're pretty sure Daniel will be back on Tuesday or Wednesday, probably. Uh, and then and then we can finally have our hockey culture discussion. Um, including some stuff from the IIHF president, which was just done with an interview with Ray Ferraro earlier. I'd love to um, check that out. Maybe bring that into the discussion, see what Hockey Canada can do and all that. But anyway, Alex, um, I think that's everything, eh? Yes. All right. Thank you for awesome. listening, everyone. We love you. <laughs>